Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is Quinquagesima, or the final Sunday before Lent, also called the Holy Face Sunday. We are about to enter into the season when we meditate the Passion of our Lord and do some penance and acts of reparation. After raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus had prudently withdrawn from Jerusalem to avoid his enemies who were firmly resolved to kill him. He moved north to a village named Ephraim where he remained until his passion would start. Then he led his disciples out, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be put to death. We can all sanctify our season of Lent with the acts of penance and reparation. And to practice devotion, such as reciting the rosary, is the way how anyone can do reparation. Devotion, it really differs from obligation. Though Church does give some rules for us to follow, which bind under the pain of mortal sin, for example, attendance at Mass on Sundays and Holy Days, fasting and abstinence, Easter duty, and so on. It is with devotions that we show to our Lord that we love him. The irreligious, the enemies of the Church, on the other hand, they want to get rid of devotions. St. Pius X, in his encyclical Pascendi, described the many tactics of the modernists. And regarding liturgy, one of their tactics is that they want to reduce the external devotions or at least prevent their further increase. That's one reason why all traditional Catholics should love devotions both because God is so pleased with those and because with these we practice penance and reparation of the many sins of the world. Another lesson about devotions is that they are not so much an antidote to the sinfulness of the world. After all, the world has been full of sin ever since the fall. And it is by the sacraments of baptism, penance, and Holy Eucharist we get rid of sin. But devotions are much more aimed to counter the coldness of the world, meant to vivify not so much a sinful heart, although this can, of course, take place too, but to vivify a cold heart, an indifferent heart, all wrapped in itself. The origin of the Holy Face devotion lies in France 
in the 1800s and in its many revolutions. In February 1848, the last king of France, Louis-Philippe, was dethroned and the revolutionaries set up a republic. Eventually, public schools were established and religious instruction was forbidden in them. Also, divorce and civil marriage were enacted and work on Sundays was legalized, among other things. At that time, there lived in Tours, France, a Carmelite sister named Marie of St. Peter, who had series of apparitions about this devotion. She wanted Catholics to make reparation for the outrages and blasphemies that disfigure the holy face of the Savior. So inspired by these apparitions, Leo Dupont in 1851 founded the Confraternity of the Holy Face, headquartered in Tours. Pope Leo XIII later raised it to the status of Archconfraternity and established it for the entire world. In 1876, the Archbishop of Tours erected an altar at the Holy Face Oratory and declared it to be a public place of worship. The bishop celebrated the first Mass there himself and established a group of priests. These were called by the people the priests of the Holy Face, and they were to take care of the oratory and the faithful who worshipped there. But in the midst of the government's persecution of the Church, the devotion to the Holy Face had raised too much attention to its novelty. So at the request of the French bishops, the Holy Office abolished the Holy Face Priests group and their work in 1892. This is the origin of the misconception that the Church has at some point condemned the Holy Face devotion, while this is not the case at all. The Holy Office emphasized when it was asked about this matter that neither the altar with the picture of the Holy Face or the devotion to the Holy Face itself were forbidden. And in 1908, the Archbishop of Tours wrote to Pope Saint Pius X and requested him to grant permission for the proper office and mass of the Holy Face. And Saint Pius X granted this request and gave his permission for the Feast of the Holy Face to be celebrated in the dioceses of Tours and Cambrai. In 1887, right here in the United States, was established the Parish of the Holy Face in Great Mills, Maryland, which is still there. The name was chosen by a parishioner Maria Cecil, who received a picture of a holy face from Pope Leo XIII 
with the impression of the papal seal. This picture was placed above the altar of the Holy Face Church. Another proof of the Church approval and appreciation of the Holy Face devotion is that it was loved and practiced by Saint Therese of Lisieux. Pope Saint Pius X called her the greatest saint of modern times, and she was proclaimed saint by Pius XI in 1925. She would never have been canonized had she practiced some unapproved or condemned devotion. From her childhood years, Saint Therese of Lisieux was accustomed to venerate the holy face of Jesus. On April 26, 1885, when she was 12 years old, she was enrolled in the confraternity of the holy face, together with her father and her three older sisters. When Therese joined the Carmelites in 1888, Pauline, her older sister, who was also a nun there, told her that the disfigured face of the Savior must encourage her to live in humility. Here Therese would remain hidden from the world and become our Lord's little Veronica, who would console him. Saint Therese loved this devotion so much that when she received the habit, she took as her religious name Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face. While lying sick with tuberculosis on her deathbed, with the picture of the Holy Face hung upon the curtains of her bed, she thought about these words of Isaiah's, who hath believed our hearings? There is no beauty in him, no comeliness, despised and most abject of men, a man of sorrows and knowing infirmity, and his look as it were hid and despised, whereupon neither have we esteemed him. These words were the whole foundation of her devotion to the Holy Face. Dear faithful, Lent is about to start. Jerusalem, the place of our Lord's crucifixion, can already be seen on the horizon. In our school hallway, there is a statue I like very much, our Lord as a child holding a book which says, If you love me, follow me. Everyone is called to follow him. During Lent, we should do some penance in memory of our Lord's sufferings. But base your Lenten penances on love, not on duty. If you don't have time or energy to do much, do at least a little, even if it's nothing more than a friendly word to a friend or to a stranger. 
and if you don't have time or patience to pray a lot, at least pray a little, even if it's only maybe three extra Hail Marys. Doing penance and reparation is not about checking all the boxes in your to-do list to get a feel-good moment of having achieved something great. Catholicism is not religion of feelings. It's religion of will and doing God's will, that is. And do not think that you might be somehow unworthy to do penance and reparation or that it makes no difference. Penance and reparation make all the difference in the world. Our Lord's holy face is called magnet of souls because it draws us to the cross and gives us strength to carry the cross in our lives to him. He says to us, Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Take up my yoke upon you and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. Making reparation is not an issue how holy you are, but of love. At the foot of the cross, there was Mary Magdalene as well as St. John. Before you were even born, God knew your every weakness, every defect, every imperfection, even every sin. And still he loved you and loves you still. With devotion, you can return that love to him, no matter how weak you may be. In his celebrated hymn to charity read today, St. Paul says, among other things, If I should deliver my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. It is charity which makes even the weakest soul beautiful and pleasing to God. I'll end with a little personal note. Remember I said in the beginning that it's not so much against sin, but against coldness of the world that the devotions are aimed at. I remember when I was still in Finland and the first time I ever read a writing by a priest. I don't remember anything else from it except one sentence which has stayed with me for 30 years now. The opposite of charity is not hatred. The opposite of charity is selfishness. This is our first Lent without Bishop Dolan. God has given every priest the power to forgive sins and sanctify souls. But how Bishop Dolan made this parish Gertrudian was through devotions.
including the holy face devotion, which he loved so much. Gazing and loving the holy face prevents our hearts becoming cold and makes us love our crucified Jesus, of whom it is said, the just cried and the Lord heard them and delivered them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a contrite heart, and he will save the humble of spirit. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.